Join our global community of travel lovers at zerototravel.com. Zero to Travel Audio Adventures presents Trekking Nepal, Episode 2, Kathmandu. We discuss getting a guide, booking the trek, what equipment you need, and what you can buy in town. So we are making making business now. Oh yeah. We're making a deal to Samir is now our officially our Manaslu trekking guide. Yes. Manaslu. And you have been answering our questions all day. Oh yeah. I, I love I love to answer like a thousand questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to get because Anna Dorita comfortable. Oh yeah, sure. sure. Yes. <laughs> I think she is now. Yeah. It took me a long time to get her comfortable to marry me. (laughs) In terms of the information around this tragedy, when something like this happens, you probably notice you can read about it in the papers. It tells the story. It talks about the tragedy, those that were killed. But it's really difficult to get follow-up information like what are the mountain conditions like now because people aren't looking for that information you know they're just looking to read about the tragedy they're not reporting a week later on the current conditions and letting you know if it's stable to to hike over there that type of information is going to be available to trackers when you arrive and you start talking to people so you're right i mean just getting with locals talking to reputable agencies and people and understanding what the conditions are at that moment because you really can't think about it too much. You can't control what the conditions are going to be when you arrive in the mountains. You can't control anything when it comes to nature. You just have can... to show up and and find out what the conditions are and try to make a decision based off of that. Yeah. And you have to remember like the conditions in the mountains can change in like a second. Yeah. It can be beautiful and like blue skies and then it can be a deadly Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like mentioned, uh, that what we the information we heard when we got to Nepal was that those that died was the, the tourist. That was uh, that was the rumors we heard, and the information we got that was those didn't have guides. They had went up there by themselves or with just porters, and didn't have the information about the conditions, but those we talked to that had been through agency they were held back so they wouldn't get into the blizzard that was predicted to come so that's like something to to think about that i think it was one of the reasons why well we needed a guide for the trek we chose because that was legally we needed to yeah. have one you can't you know, go but, there by yeah itself. but um it was one of the things that we were debating on different treks and if we should get a guide or not we were already leaning towards getting a guide because we wanted to learn more about the Nepalese culture and its people. And we thought that was the best way to do it. But on the safety side, this is what solidified it because we knew, you know, having somebody that was familiar with the mountain terrain there would would probably give us a better chance to prevent anything if something happened when we were up in the high Himalayas. Yeah. And we also knew that our guide, he would get updates and, and had communication with Kathmandu, the Mm. travel agency office there. And they knew the updates on the weather and everything. So that was a safety thing for us. (laughs) Uh, Jason is laughing because uh, her nickname her nickname is safety Mick Saferson <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> Mick Saferson <laughs> I, I love my life what can I say uh, <laughs> then you rather spend some more money on knowing that you 
have somebody to look after you. I think also the responsibility you have as a as a traveler for for the the porters and the guides is also important, especially the porters like we heard and that's been in the news too, like a lot of the porters that were found after this avalanche, they they were wearing sandals, they barely had clothes on, they packed themselves into plastic to cover themselves from the blizzard, like and it's not that, right. It's not right at all. It's ethical, totally wrong. And uh, it's um, unethical. Yeah, it's it's so bad and so sad. And these are people that have are so poor and they do everything for you for little money, too. And and uh, that was shocking for me to know that people have tourists have have taken brought these people up. Uh, in mountain areas with sandals on their feet. I absolutely mean that as a traveler in that way, you have a responsibility to to take care of the people you're hiring as this for a service. Because of the recent bad weather and the tragedy, the Everest and Annapurna track routes were actually closed. So that really decided the Manaslu circuits for us. So, with the trip booked, it was time for some shopping. My name is Mingma Sherpa. And I'm from Everest region. Is everybody from the Everest region Sherpa? Yes, because other area no Sherpa people. Yeah. Uh, one in Everest region. You have to from be from there. the Everest yes, region. Yes, only from there. Yeah. Other, other area no Sherpa people. Yeah. Yes, so it's only this, this, this region. So, if you're from that area, then you always add Sherpa to your name? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. Be- Sherpa is family name. So, now in our friend, Appa Sherpa in America. Appa Sherpa? Yes. That's he, your... He climbed Everest 22 times. 22 times? Yes. Is so, this a friend of yours? Yes, my friend Appa Sherpa. Appa Sherpa was actually the first man in history to reach the top of the world 21 times. He shares the world record of the most summits of Everest. Because he climbed 8,848 8, 8, meters yeah. Everest summit 22 times. And you've yeah. climbed Everest. One time only. One time. Yes. I mean, is that enough? <laughs> oh, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Very difficult. Yeah. Has no summit. No? No summit. No because, summit. Yes. Yeah. Because that time, very bad weather. And my group was from Czech Republic. Yeah. You know? So nobody climbed. Yeah. Very windy and very... Too much uh, bad weather. Very bad weather and everybody is scared to come down. Yeah, yes. it's scary. No, no summit. <laughs> so is this? Uh, we're in a we're in a trekking shop. Yes. You would call this. What's yeah. the name? Is this your shop? Uh, this is my shop. What's yes. it called? The Everest Equipment. The Everest Equipment. Yes. Okay. Yes. And because uh, we we just bought a bunch of stuff here. Yeah, sure. For Thank the you. trek, because yeah. we're getting ready for the Manaslu. Yeah, Manaslu trek, which you're telling us is very beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful and very cold. And okay. very cold, which yeah. is why Anna Dorothy yeah, yeah, is getting sure. all this warm stuff. Yeah. I just asked if she liked yeah, yeah, shopping sure. more yeah. than trekking. I don't <laughs> nice, know yet. Yeah. Uh, but we got gloves. Yeah, sure. And, and uh, uh, water stand. Yeah. And sleeping liner seal. Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, sure. And um, how long have you had this shop? Now, uh, 10 years. Okay. Tell us, I guess, you were getting a little bit tired of guiding, or you just wanted to not be in the mountains as yeah, much? Yeah, me now, going uh, old. So, probably enough. You're 46. Yes, 46 years yeah. old. Yeah. Maybe. Because my hard life, I spend in mountain area. Maybe. Yeah. I work with the mountain travels. Yeah. Yes, uh, we did many hard, hard jobs. 
Yeah. Yes. What is the hardest part about being a guide? Because uh, you were a guide for many years. Yes. Only uh, hard from only the porter. Hard on the porter. Yes. Because yeah. no porter, nothing for us. You know. Yeah. We need a very, um, very, uh, very necessary oh, porter. We just lost the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. This is the time where they cut the lights off. Yes, yes. Every day they cut Every day. the electricity for seven hours. Yeah, three hours. Three yes. hours. Only three hours. Three hours. Yeah, because now festival in okay. Nepal, Tihar. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the porter have a problem, so some porter, they don't like to go up. Yeah. Because they don't have a good cloth. Yeah, yeah. No, no good shoes, you know, no sunglasses, so they have a problem. Yeah. But when I was a mountain guide, we provide for porter. Yes, so we that's have, important. Uh, we keep, yeah, because yeah. very important porter. Yeah. yeah. Without porter, difficult. Yeah. yeah. Like this, yeah. Yeah, that's. So you have to take good porter too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We make sure that yeah. they're taken care of because. Oh, good. Uh, good. Which company you join? Trek Nepal. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. Good. So mm. they uh, seem to be. Oh, good. 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 I don't yes, know. Good. Now easy track for you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> really, it's cheap for you now. Yeah. Before, you have to um, pay everything. And yeah. all the stuff you have to carry from Kathmandu to all track. Yeah. You know, food, tent. Oh, before. Yes, yeah. before, for camping. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And tent, and cooking food, you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. All the stuff you need. All, also for the toilet tent, and shower, room. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see a lot more people coming here yeah. now, uh, as compared to ten years ago? What was compared the ten years? Very less people now. Yeah, is a big difference. Yeah, because we have problem between ten years. Yeah. Problem with the Maoism government fighting. Yeah. So many European people was scared. Uh, yeah. And what's this? Oh, this is festival. This is for the festival. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is Nawari people. Yeah, especially from this Kathmandu Valley, only Navari people before. And they're carrying lights, uh, candles? Yes, yes candles, yes. And that's because it's a light festival? Yes, now we're starting from today. Yeah. Yeah, this one second festival. So after this, no, no more festival. No. Only. This will be dancing in the streets? Yes. For uh, singing? And yeah, singing and for lighting. And for lighting. Yeah, whole night until tomorrow. It's a special time. Yes, it's special. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it very much. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy to drink here yeah. at night time. Yeah. In the family. Spend time with your family too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because my feet, they like to play with me always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> papa, papa. <laughs> but now you go to Manasaru, also very nice. Yeah. You seem very close in Tibet too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ready. Yeah, that should be great. Very good. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste Welcome. to you. Have a nice yes. trekking and good picture Thank from all the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But be careful, huh? We will. No rush. No. We no take run. our time. And slowly, yes. Yeah. Come down, no problem. Well, we're back at our hotel room, and today was a good day. We finally booked a trek for the Manaslu, and I have to say, we are still nervous. And a little bit anxious, I guess, would be the word. Going up to 17,000 feet, we don't know how our bodies will react. We're learning as we go. And one of the things we learned today is just be sure to question all of the costs involved with your trek. If you're trekking independently or with a group, 
say you show up to Nepal and you start talking to outfitters. There are so many different outfitters and you walk around everywhere. People on the streets are coming up to you and asking you, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? If you give them a little space, and this is pretty typical of big cities, people trying to sell you things, but they will chat you up and try to recommend people they know that can guide you or just say that they're able to find you help to get into the mountains and find you a guide. And what we've found as a general rule, be wary of the people that seek you out and try to seek other people out. Rather than trusting the person that comes up to you, we've found that the people that we've approached are more trustworthy. I'd have to say this is one of those situations where as much as I like traveling without a guidebook and kind of going off, it's good to check the guidebooks to see who's recommended, to see which agencies have been around for a while. But don't make that the golden rule. Go in and talk to the agencies yourself. And we, we got a really honest talk and conversation with somebody that runs Highlander Trekking Company. He was just so cool because he said he didn't have guides for us for the for the trek that we wanted to do, but he gave us a lot of advice on how to be careful and why to ask a lot of questions. And he basically said, if you do some research on your trek and know generally what the route's going to be and what's in store, and you can ask very specific questions when you meet guides that you're considering, get those questions down. And then if they can't answer them, you're going to know they're full of crap, basically. So you want to ask really specific questions and ask them how many times they've done the trek. Ask them, you know, where where you stay along the way and try to find a couple points in there during your research that just says, hey, you know, this is going to, this specific thing is going to happen or you should, for example, on our trek, it's recommended that we stay in one location. I can't think of the name of it right now before we go over the pass instead of doing like a big long day. So we asked about that and he did recommend that we stay there and he has done this trek seven times and just did it a month ago. So these are important things to know, especially when you're walking on the streets and you're almost getting run over by cars and you know, you want to plan your trek and and maybe you're, you know, you're out enjoying the city and Kathmandu has been to take us a day or so to settle in, but it's, uh, it's been cool and we haven't gotten to see too much of it because we've been working towards planning this trek. But we would also say just plan the trek as soon as possible because the rest of what you do might revolve around that and that's what we're finding. So now that we have it planned, we can start kind of working through some of the other things we need, getting some of our supplies and so on and so forth. So don't be intimidated by the amount of agencies just find a couple reputable ones and talk to them first and then go in and have the honest conversation and get a breakdown of costs, get a full breakdown and make sure you negotiate a little bit because we got a little bit of money off, not a lot. And I think we could have got more and I was a little bit disappointed in my negotiating performance. So get the breakdown of costs and then get it again and question a couple things. And I don't think they were being dishonest, but you want to just make sure you know where all the costs are coming from. There's costs for permits, there's costs for the guides and the porters, and then obviously your food and accommodations can either be paid for separately or you can get like a sort of a package where they'll include that too. Um, but I don't know if I recommend that because you can kind of get that on your own along the way. Yeah.
Okay, AD and I are here at the Funky Buddha in Kathmandu, right across the street from our hotel, which is the Shirt Tibet. It's, a, it's okay. Hotel. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. And except we, those pigeons. The pigeons are <laughs> making noises every morning, and it's it's them sleeping, I guess. It's like so annoying. It's a real low rumble. And they do it together. It's and more than that. It's, like, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's pigeon snoring mm-hmm. is not... Is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is something I've been dreaming about all morning. <laughs> and the last two days, we've been organizing the trek. And today we want to talk about finishing up our organization and getting ready to leave. Because we're at the point now where we are all packed up and ready to go. We've worked out all the logistics. And everything's ready. And when we got here, there were some elements we were missing and what we've discovered is that in Kathmandu there is no shortage of trekking shops one of the annoying parts is you have to I guess negotiate everything which sometimes you feel a little bad when you're negotiating over a three dollar three dollar fifty cent pair of socks but it's expected that they're going to come down so we do recommend if you're buying multiple pieces of equipment in one shop if you find a good shop and you can get two or three things or maybe four or five things you will have more leverage let's just run down the list of some of the things that you should buy here because it's way more affordable than it is to buy it in Norway for Anadorta or for myself in the United States now the only thing you have to think about is the quality of it because some of it is not as good as That's you true. would get it at home. And so I would I think like I'm glad I brought my down jacket, for example. That okay. it's like a real like I, I know they have a lot of down jackets here mm-hmm. too, but I'm I feel more secure with my own that I brought from Norway. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the down jackets could be suspect. Yeah, I think so. But like for example like the the trekking poles, I think you should not bring from home. I think mm-hmm. they're okay here. Um, the same with like socks is probably okay to buy here um, and like fleece hats and stuff I think basic the, the, technical yeah gear. the basic things you can buy here but the key stuff mm-hmm. you should probably bring from home and then I mean the hiking sh- boots yeah. and the, the down jackets yeah. and the probably long, the long, shell the long johns and yeah. the shell and the wind wind and waterproof stuff mm-hmm. is probably something you should bring from home yeah. but uh, the other stuff you can you can totally buy here yeah I would agree with all that wholeheartedly and and let's take the trekking poles as an example. Those are generally priced between eighty and one hundred and fifty dollars for trekking poles. I think here. And, and I bought today like the expensive, expensive ones. As she uses air quotes. <laughs> yeah, uh, for uh, like seventeen dollars. Yeah, and I bought a pair for six dollars yeah. a pair. So. Let's see how they hold up on the trail. I honestly think that we've packed really well. There are some luxury items, I suppose, in books and stuff like that. But since we have hired a porter to carry our stuff. But even then, we have not gone overboard. We're very minimal with our packing. Um, so trekking poles are a great example. Another example is the water bottles. Yeah. A water bottle at home is like, those steel water bottles are like $20, yeah. which is always insane to me. And you can get them here for about $3, yeah. $3, 3 to $4, depending on... And at least the, the plastic, the hard plastic, that you can compare with the Camelback and the Nalgene, is that mm-hmm. the brand? Uh, seems pretty... 
decent, yeah. I would say. Absolutely. And we, we bought some gloves here, we should say. We'll see yeah. how those hold up. They feel nice. They feel warm. They say they're Gore-Tex. We don't believe it. I don't think so. We think they're going to get us through hikes. It's going to be fine. You know, you think about people do this stuff with much less technical gear. So either way, I think you would be fine. Even if you showed up and you needed to buy everything because you were coming from another country, there is plenty and you wouldn't have to spend a lot of money to do it. You could probably get everything for under 200 bucks. I'm talking about everything. Like... It's probably quite possible. I'm and talking that is about included like the backpack. Your backpack, your hiking boots. I wouldn't again wouldn't want to buy hiking boots here because the hiking boots are important to have broken in and ready to go for a long hike. Uh, a decent backpack is also something you should bring from home, but mm-hmm. a day pack is probably okay. But uh, I did uh, I did that in Peru actually. I had to buy a small day pack, mm. and it was not very good. My feeling it, on these. It was okay for the trip. Yeah. But it's nothing I actually use home. So, but yeah. of course, if you you will spend between fifteen and twenty dollars. Maybe for, a little more. Maybe a little. Yeah. Uh, not, I don't think so. But um, it's worth it for if you don't bring a big enough or yeah. But it's not like you cannot expect it to last forever. Probably because of the zippers. Yeah, the zippers. The rest of it seemed pretty decently constructed. But probably the zippers. But like you said, it'll get through the trip, uh, yeah. most likely. We have a ton of snacks, probably too many. Plenty of love chocolate. Yeah, we've got Snickers bars and some uh, locally made energy bars and, and all of this type of stuff. But, but just focusing on the gear, again, if you're having a guide and you're tea house trekking, you don't need a stove, you don't need a tent and all of these things. So you're really looking at the basics outside of that and because again there's so many shops it's hard to emphasize this literally every other shop is a trekking outdoor gear supply shop the cool thing is they all carry a little bit of different things here and there but plan to get most of your basics here because it's way cheaper and you'll save a lot of money and get your really hardcore technical stuff at home like medication wise you can also get the most here you go to a pharmacy and at least the one we got to it seems um, that he was pretty knowledge about people going trekking for medication for diarrhea um, altitude sickness those kind of things mm-hmm. and of course it's a little it can be a little sketchy because you're getting medication you don't really know what it is so it's for we we brought some antibiotics from home actually but we also got some here but it's for it's for emergency yeah uh, so I would say like bring the things you really need from home we got uh, like antibiotics from home and stomach stuff also from home uh, but we got some extra supply here well just I think to the, the cip- sure. yeah the cipro is the antibiotic that'll kill everything and I would recommend to buy that here because you can buy it at a pharmacy and it's pretty inexpensive compared to home. I think it was a dollar. Yeah, but you have to think about it. It's not necessarily that you get the real thing. So if you want to be sure, you should Mm -hmm. go through this with your doctor before you come up. Yeah, we're definitely not medical professionals. (laughs) That's for sure. Although Anadurt is pretty good at putting on a Band-Aid. The last thing we should mention outside of the pharmaceuticals, which we did take our guide to the pharmacy with us and he helped us out because we were picking up some other things. That was helpful. But the sleeping bags, you do need a sleeping bag. And if you already are coming from home, you already have a sleeping bag that's rated minus 20. That's recommended. You can bring that. 
if you don't want to sleep in a, some other sleeping bag or you don't want to buy one here because those will be more expensive, the warmer sleeping bags. We rented sleeping bags for a dollar a day and we're going to be gone for 16 days. So it's a total of $32 for the both of us to have minus 20 degree sleeping bags. You'll hear some singing in the background. That's because there's a festival going on. The kids are walking around singing and they get money when they sing. It's pretty cute. So sleeping bags, rent them, and then you can purchase a sleep sheet, the thing you sleep inside the bag, so you don't have to lay in a dirty bag. And they they do say they air them out, but who knows. Uh, But you can buy a sleep sheet. I think I got one for $10. Or you can bring that from home. I did that, and they're very small, and they... Uh, if you already, if you already have one, bring it from home. If you don't, buy it here. I would say because you'll spend a tenth of the price because they can be pretty expensive too. Yeah, but you don't know if it's like 100% silk. Yeah, it's a different to uh, another material. Yeah. So if you have that, I would recommend it doesn't take up much more than your hand. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's true. So. It's small. One question that comes up is, what do you do? with the stuff that you're not taking trekking, and this is always something I say gets figured out since we hired a guide. What they're going to do for us is take our extra stuff and send it to Pokhara, where we're gonna end up at the end of the the trip. And because this is a common thing, I mean, people go on these treks, they do this stuff. People always have extra stuff. So rather than making, having our porter carry all of our extra stuff, they're gonna go and take it to the next town. Tomorrow morning we leave? We do. Are you excited? Yeah, excited and a little scared, I guess, yeah. still. Yeah. Not for tomorrow. Yeah, actually for tomorrow, for driving for mm. six to seven hours on these roads. Uh, it's actually a little scary, too. <laughs> there are a lot of accidents. I'm sure we'll be okay. Yeah. Trekking Nepal, your adventure guide. Coming up in episode three. I would say this is probably the most raw and rugged road I've traveled. (laughs) Mount Everest is actually made of marine limestone from this ancient ocean that once separated the continents. We're going to circumambulate Manaslu, the eighth highest mountain in the world. This audio adventure series has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to help make any of your travel dreams a reality. Join our global community of travel lovers at ZeroToTravel.com. Hey, it's Jason here. And if you love trekking, I invite you to stop by ZeroToTravel.com slash trekking to join our global community of hikers and discover the ultimate resource on trekking worldwide. You'll also learn about our upcoming authentic small group walking adventures. That's ZeroToTravel.com slash trekking. Trekking.